All right, I'd like to welcome you today to the Bible study. Today we'll be talking about Jesus, the Bible, and gun control. Now, we'll be in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 35. And you might think to yourself, well, gun control is not really a, a topic or a subject that Christians ought to be worried about. That's just not the truth. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so a Christian ought to know what his liberties are and what the liberties of men are. And a Christian needs to know those so that he knows what he can do and what he can't do, what is right to do and what is not right to do. And not only this, he needs to know so that he doesn't trample the liberties of someone else, whether they're Christians or not Christians or whatever the case might be. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If I'm indwelt by the Spirit, if I'm led by the Spirit, if I'm led by God, if I'm trying to live according to the will of God, then I should know and try to understand what my liberties are and what the liberties of others is. And so when I look at the scripture here, I can see a few things in the Bible that really does pertain to gun control. Who should be in control of your safety, your health? All these things are fully explained in the Bible, and we're going to take a look at that today. Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 35, the Bible says, And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I said unto you that this that is written must be uh, must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. Now, as we look at this passage of scripture, a couple of things comes to mind. Uh, first, he says, I sent you without person script and shoes. Did you lack anything? They said, we didn't like anything. And so he says, now he that hath the purse, let him take it. Get yourself some money. And he says, likewise, his script. That's a, a script is a, a, a small bag or a grip, uh, which is what they used to call a satchel, a satchel or a grip. Uh, a script is what the Bible calls it. David, in the book of Samuel, went down to the brook and got himself uh, five sm uh, smooth stones and he put it in his in his script. Now, that's uh, in modern day terms, that's a bug out bag. You need yourself a little bag, a little something to uh, be prepared. And that's exactly what the Lord's talking uh, to these disciples about here. Get yourself some money, get yourself a, a grip, get yourself a script is the exact word that he uses. Get yourself a little bug out bag because you're going to need it. You're going to need some things on the journey that you're about to embark on. And so he said unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise his script and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garments and buy one. If you have to sell something that's an everyday item, your garment, your shirt, if you have to take something that you need every single day uh, and sell it in order to get yourself a sword, do that. You may not ever need a sword. You may not ever need a gun. 
Uh, you're going to need your shirt, your garments. You're going to need those every single day. But if you have to do without a garment in order to afford to get yourself some protection, then do that because that's uh, good sense. It makes good sense. Uh, Jesus said, God manifest in the flesh said it makes good sense to have yourself some protection, even if you have to do without something that is an everyday item. And of course, that reasoning has translated throughout the days. The common saying is that it's better to have a gun and not need it than to not have a gun and need it. And so he says here, sell a garment if you have to and buy one. For I say unto you that this uh, this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors. Jesus is going to be reckoned among the transgressors. And he's not going to be with them any longer. And there's going to be a, a need for them to look out for themselves. And they're not always going to have miracles. And they're not always going to be able to get themselves out of a jam. Like Jesus was able to get himself out of a jam. So uh, he says that if you have uh, a sword, that's good. If you don't have a sword, sell something. Get yourself a sword. Get yourself some some protection. Then the the argument often comes up in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter twenty six, that when Simon Peter, of course, you read Matthew, you read Luke, you read John, you find out that it is in fact uh, Simon Peter that that uses his sword, and the Lord gives him in, some instruction on that. Matthew twenty six verse number. 51 it says behold one of them which were with jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear now they come to get jesus and they're about to arrest jesus and simon peter pulls out his sword uh, jesus had just told them if you don't have a garment get yourself a sword and so now simon peter has his sword and they come to take Jesus and arrest Jesus. And Simon Peter pulls out his sword, cuts off the man's ear. And the Bible says that Jesus, uh, then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And we get, we derive from that statement, they that live by the sword will die by the sword. And that's exactly uh, what Jesus says. And that's exactly the lesson that he's trying to teach. And so what he's trying to tell Simon Peter is, is that you uh, protect your life with the sword from those that live by the sword. He's you're, you're not to live by the sword. You're not to preach with the sword. You're not to go about your daily business with the sword. Uh, I'm going to go make this business deal with my friend or uh, my acquaintance or the uh, businessman across town. I'm going to take my gun to make sure it goes my way. You don't live by the sword. You don't do it that way. You know, it, in a perfect world, uh, diplomacy wouldn't need an arms race to back up your your ability to convince your neighboring countries to get along with you. In a perfect world, you go sit down, talk about your common interests, talk about your common goals, and try to find some way uh, to have a peaceful alliance to reach your goals in harmony. But it seems like in the world today, we've got a bigger army than you do, so we want you to do this, that, or the other thing. Well, that's not the way you're supposed to live. If you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. That's what Jesus says here. He says that all that 
take the sword shall perish with the sword. Now, it, otherwise it would be a contradiction. He just told them to get a sword. And so you don't live by the sword. You protect your life by the sword against them that live by the sword. And so Jesus is, is not telling them one thing and then giving them the exact opposite advice, you know, a couple of hours later. That's not what's going on here. He's telling these people, and he's making it known without any doubt that personal protection is not anti-Christian. Personal protection is not outside the realm of human rights. Every person has a right to protect themselves. Look over in 1 Samuel chapter number 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. And verse number 17, the Bible says this, And the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned by the way that leadeth to Ophrah unto the land of Shul. And another company turned the way to Beth Horon. And another company turned to the way of the border that looketh to the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords and spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his coulter and his axe and his mattock. Yet they had a file for their mattocks and for their coulters and for their forks and for the axes and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and with Jonathan his son were there found. That Saul and Jonathan had a sword. The people didn't have a sword. When it starts off here in verse 17, the spoilers came out of the camp. These are bullies. Everybody wants to talk about bullies today. Uh, and you shouldn't bully and you shouldn't. And those things are true. I don't like bullies myself, but uh, I learned a lot of things from bullies when I was growing up a skinny little poor fella. But at any rate, uh, that's a different story for a different time, I suppose. But the bullies are going to make sure that you don't have a gun. Somebody that wants to make sure you can't protect yourself is a bully. They're trying to get an advantage. There is no reason under the sun why one man or one group of men would want to disarm another group of men unless those men were criminals. Now, if you want to change the American value of innocent until proven guilty, then you can start acting like people's mother and like people's fathers and say, now, no, little children, you're, you're not responsible enough to have any guns or any knives or any bullets or any such thing as that. But what they're generally trying to do in the case of gun control is bully you. They're going to bully you. The Bible says in verse 17, the spoilers came out of the of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. Then it tells you that these three companies split off into different groups and went their different ways. And they went around and they were bullying people. And the reason that they were able to do that is that the Philistines had got such an upper hand among the Israelites that they were able to take away all their uh, production sites, the smiths, that's what it says in the book. There was no Smith found through it. doesn't mean that there was nobody named Smith over there, which there wasn't. It. They were all Hebrews. They didn't have last names like Smith. But it's not talking about the last name Smith. It was talking about there was no place in Israel where they were producing axes, swords, and the like thing that 
Smith's produced. You know, uh, if you know anything about your American history or any kind of history whatsoever, a blacksmith produces things like horseshoes and hammers and different utensils and tools like that. Well, the Philistines were such bullies that they decided that they were going to control this part of the economy, this part of commerce, and they were going to make sure that the Israelites weren't able to produce their own protection. Not only that, they weren't able to produce their own economy. They weren't able to produce their own axes and and different things like that that they would need to make a living on a regular basis. Kind of seems like what's uh, trying to be done in our modern society by the progressives, the socialists. Jesus is not a socialist. God is not a socialist. God is interested in the poor. God is interested in the needy. God is interested in in you uh, abstaining from coveting your neighbor's good, but to have your neighbor's good in your interest. If you take care of those things, if you see your neighbor in need, you provide for those things, God will bless you. If you don't, God won't bless you. And that's, that's the way that things should work. When you force somebody to be good or when you force somebody to to do good there's no reward involved in that if you make everybody in the world take care of everybody else in the world then all you have is is lazy people or uh, people who otherwise don't deserve what they're getting they're getting what they want rather than what they deserve and the people who are working hard to to take care of themselves and provide for themselves and help others as they can then you're just uh, really bullying them and oppressing them to where they're they're being made angry instead of compassionate they're being they're made to feel impressed upon or oppressed or bullied into doing things that they should be able to make up their own mind uh, whether they want to do those things or not. But at any rate, that's what's happening here in this passage. The Philistines have gained power. Uh, the progressives have gained power over the people, and they've taken away much of their own, the Israelites' ability to set up their own industry, uh, especially in this blacksmith's trade. And so they, they don't have a sword. And when it comes time to fight, uh, than the only the richest among them, their king and his family, they're the only one that has a sword. And that's no way to win battles. You can't expect somebody to fight for you and to fight for your country and to fight for your values and fight for your principles. And at the same time, you're not allowed to have a gun or you're not even able to uh, to make a gun or make a sword or make your own protection you're to rely on us well then when it comes time to fight you're going to have an unprepared nation or an unprepared community or an unprepared family whatever the case might be but these are bullies they're spoilers they went out in three countries and they went their own separate ways they were able to go anywhere they wanted the spoilers were able to go anywhere anywhere they wanted to go because Nobody had any protection. Nobody was able to protect themselves against the sword. And if you remember how Jesus was teaching over in the book of Matthew, you don't live by the sword, but you protect your life uh, by the sword against those who 
live by the sword. So they're bullies, they're spoilers. They went wherever they wanted. Uh, verse number 19. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. So the Philistines, there is not a, there is not a more, uh, exact example of a tyrant or an oppressive people in the Bible than these Philistines. They, they're warlike. They are um, spoilers. That means they steal things. They're thieves. They steal things from other people. And they live by other people's means rather than living by their own means. And so that's, there's no larger, there is no larger example of a tyrant or a or a bully in the Bible than the Philistines. And the Philistines' idea was, just as the progressives' idea is, you don't need a gun. Matter of fact, if you get a gun, you might be able to protect yourself. You won't have to depend on us, which is what verse number uh, verse number 20 says, but all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share. you got to come to us. If you need something done, you need to come to us. If you want to build a house, you've got to come to us. If you've got to build, if you want to build a farm, you've got to come to us. Come get your permit. Come to the people who we approve to do those things for. You can't have your own blacksmith that can make you a sword. Or you can't have your own armor that can make you a gun. You can't have your own, you can't do any. You come to us and we'll make sure you've got what you need. No swords though. We'll sharpen your 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 tools so you can grow crops so we can come in and steal them. Well, that what seems like exactly what's going on in the world today, does it not? But God's not behind that. And one of these days, though, the tyrants of this world, the tyrants of this world and the bullies of this world oppress those people who should be able to take care of themselves. One of these days, God's going to come and oppress you old tyrants yes he will he certainly will uh you have to come to us they said now the modern day uh progressive will say you know uh, gun control in america should be a factor it should be you know if in 1776 they had muskets so there's no reason that you need an ar there's no need you know you don't need a a weapon that has you know 30 round magazine or 15 round magazine you don't need those things 1776 when they wrote the bill of uh, of course you understand this 1776 was not when they wrote the bill of rights but i'm trying to get your mind on on that revolutionary era because that's what the progressives say they say back in the revolution they fought the revolution then they set up the the constitution the bill of rights and it was old technology and it was very uh, low technology and you really don't need an assault rifle or anything like that. Well, the musket that the farmer had was the same musket that the soldier had. It was that, that, that's such an ignorant argument that it shouldn't even be given any uh, second thoughts. But at any rate, I would say this, if, if that's the way you feel, if that's the way the news media feels and that's the way the progressive feels, that a person's rights should be limited to the technology that they had in 1790, then in 1790, the only technology that those who enjoyed the freedom of the press had was newspapers. So if, if patriots, if freedom-loving people who don't want to be bullied, uh, 
can uh, or should limit themselves to uh, constitutional era uh, technology, then certainly the Bill of Rights that says the freedom of the press, uh, that freedom should be limited to newspapers and you shouldn't be able to broadcast 24-7 over the radio. There was no radios in, when the Constitution was written. There was no uh, internet. You shouldn't be able to put out your uh, dogma over the uh, television 24-7. The technology wasn't there when the Bill of Rights was written. Nobody ever intended for you to be able to um, seed the minds of men 24-7 so that they begin to feel guilty because after a long train of of verbal abuse and after a long steady period of hearing somebody say you don't need this you don't need that we're smart enough to tell you what to do. well i don't think the constitution ever meant that you should be able to um bombard men with your opinion 24 7 whether they liked it or not if you turn on facebook you see politics if you turn on uh, the television you see politics if you turn on a movie you see politics i don't think that's the idea that that well if it works for gun control if that argument works for gun control it should work for press control as well you don't you see the freedom of speech being attacked you see the freedom uh, to bear arms you see that being attacked but you never see the freedom of press being attacked if you did if you were to say something like that you need to limit the freedom of the press to newspapers there would be uh, two months worth of uproar over that 24 hours a day they're trying to take our liberties well they're interested in keeping their liberties they're not interested in you keeping your liberties because they are bullies that's exactly what they are they're tyrants and they're bullies what they don't realize is that the progressives the the power behind the power are going to use the news media until they don't need them anymore and then they're going to oppress them and shut them down. They'll only be able to, right now they can say whatever they want and that means if you're a liberal you can lie and do what, what you want to do and if you're conservative you can lie and do what you want to do just to get your point across. Once the progressives get into a concrete solid position you're not going to be able to say anything without their permission just like these philistines uh the power these philistines had over the land of israel you can't produce nothing unless you come to us and that's exactly where the progressives that you could just take the word philistine out of the bible and put progressives in there because they got the same mindset we're going to bully you and we're going to take away your liberties until you have to come to us in order to get things done and that's just not the way that god wants things done it's not the way that jesus wanted things done and jesus was all for personal protection and you should have the right to protect yourself and by the way this uh, jesus didn't live under a constitutional republic he lived under a monarchy he lived under a place where there were kings who made the rules and regulations and it was lawful at that time for a man to carry his personal protection they were able to get swords and so this idea that the government has to control everything is just ridiculous if you're a christian you have a right to protect yourself you have a right to protect your family 
the idea of turning the other cheek is a religious matter. In religious persecution, Jesus turned the other cheek to the point they crucified him and he bought your salvation. And when it comes to standing for what's right in regards to God and regards to religion, you'll suffer some persecution. You've got no right to kill anybody over that. Somebody breaks into your house to break through and steal, to kill, to rape, all the all the attributes of the devil. Somebody's trying to perpetrate that against you. You certainly have a right to a sword. You certainly have a right to the modern day equivalent of that. Uh, not just a gun, but the very best gun that you have. Matter of fact, one of the dis disciples said, look, I got two swords. And God said, that's enough. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that he said that's enough. I, I think you ought to have several guns. But at any rate, I think we've shown sufficiently uh, that a man has a right to carry a weapon and a man has a right to protect himself. And we've also, I believe, shown sufficiently that those who uh, wish that you didn't have a sword or a gun, whatever the case might be, a knife, whatever the case might be, they're bullies. And they're not there for your good. They're there uh, for their own benefit. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today.